Joe Biden gets caught with classified documents from his time as vice president. Stacey Abrams says she will likely run for office again. Plus, the GOP-controlled House is already scoring victories. All that and more. I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour. And God bless the United States of America. Okay, friends, welcome to the show. Happy Wednesday. I hope you're having a great week. If you're new to the show, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to start with Joe Biden, classified documents, the massive, terrifying FBI raid on his office, and the intense media coverage the revelation is receiving. Actually, just kidding. Yes, Joe Biden is improperly in possession of classified documents. That part is certainly true. But there is no FBI raid, unlike with former President Trump, and there is no intense media coverage. However, Joe Biden is certainly guilty of the exact same thing as Trump, and the Democrats and the media were screaming for indictments and jail time. Funny how the Trump revelation came up just before the election, and the Biden issue comes up after the election and the holidays. Here's the story. Republicans mobilized to investigate the discovery of classified government documents in an office once belonging to President Biden, who insisted he was just as surprised as they were by the revelation. It was a messy day for Mr. Biden as he sought to reassure Americans that his legal team, the National Archives, and the Justice Department are handling the matter appropriately and that he didn't do anything wrong. Now, raise your hand if you trust Joe Biden's Justice Department, given what we've seen over the last two years. As the report noted, Biden said, I'm clueless. I have no idea what's going on. When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, they found some documents in a box, in a locked cabinet, or at least a closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. Biden said he had no idea classified documents were in that office. That point is irrelevant. It doesn't matter. The fact is, those documents should not be there, whether he was surprised or not. Of course, this story of Biden and classified documents should obviously be compared with former President Trump. The media and Democrats went into a meltdown. So will they go after Biden with the same zeal? Here's Representative Byron Donalds on the big difference between Trump and Biden. Oh, well, my reaction is pretty simple. I'm wondering why the vice president of the United States had classified documents outside of the hands of the intelligence community. Listen, it's been pretty clear that presidents do have some classified documents. But the difference between a president and everybody else is the president has the ability to declassify information. The vice president has no ability to declassify information. Great point by Donalds. Biden couldn't declassify those documents. So why did he have them? Here's more from Donalds. So number one, what was he doing with classified information in his possession? Number two, why did it take six years? And I, I want to stress this for the American people. Joe Biden left the vice presidency in 2017. 
So it's taken six years for these documents to surface. That is incredibly concerning. And point number three, and this is the one that's most important. Everybody can go back to the Hillary Clinton email saga. We know other presidents have had classified information. But why was there a raid on Mar-a-Lago? But now this story just kind of seeps out and everybody's saying, oh, we just want to get down to the bottom of it. Yep. Where's the FBI raid? Trump had classified information and the left went into a frenzy. Now it's Biden's turn. Will anything come of this? Perhaps from the GOP House, but I'm not holding my breath as far as Merrick Garland and the Justice Department are concerned. They are useless. And speaking of useless, next let's talk about Stacey Abrams. But first, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Okay, next let's talk about twice-failed candidate Stacey Abrams. And yes, we could lump Beto O'Rourke in this group too. But for today, we're just focusing on Abrams because she just won't go away. Recently, she was on the Drew Barrymore show and she said what we all knew she was going to say. So what's next? Are you going to run again? Are you going? Like, are you? do we get to look forward to this and galvanize I, I, again? I, I will likely run again. Yeah! I don't know what, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what's more ridiculous, the announcement that Stacey Abrams will run again or the studio audience in all those yellow masks. Now, following that statement by Abrams, Barrymore asked who she might run against. So are you going to go up against um, some tough men who kind of don't always play fair? <laughs> well, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. And if it doesn't work, you try again. Are you kidding me? Abrams is the queen of election deniers and shady politics, but those tough men who don't always play fair are coming after her. But hey, at least Abrams let everyone know what she's all about. I'm part of my job, and I run for office, yes, but my first responsibility is to make sure anyone who wants to vote can who's eligible. I want you to vote for me when you get in there, but... <laughs> yep, she runs for office. That's what she does. And just like Beto, Abrams won't go away. All right, next let's talk about the work already being done by the new GOP-controlled House of Representatives. The first order of business after electing Kevin McCarthy as speaker was for the House to pass the House Rules Package. This is what the 20 House conservatives fought so hard for and what was promised in the negotiations leading up to the speaker's vote. Well, on Monday, the Rules Package passed by a vote of 220 to 213. Only one Republican voted against it, and Republican Dan Crenshaw didn't cast a vote. Once that was done, the GOP House started getting to work. Here's the story. The House voted Tuesday to establish the Select Committee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government, which is expected to probe numerous government entities, including the Justice Department, FBI, and intelligence communities, as well as private companies like Twitter. The subcommittee will function under the House Judiciary Committee, of which Representative Jim Jordan will be the chairman. Here's Jordan talking about the new subcommittee and the fact that the Democrats are calling it a ploy. It's not a ploy when the Department of Justice treats parents as terrorists, moms and dads who are simply showing up at a school board meeting to advocate for their son or daughter. A ploy. It's not a ploy when the FBI pays Twitter $3 million, not one, not two, $3 million to censor American citizens. 
It's not a ploy when the Department of Homeland Security tries to set up a disinformation governance board because we all know that the Department of Homeland Security can tell what's good speech and what is bad speech, what's mis... I mean, you got to be kidding me. This is going to be good. Finally, we have a House acting like it should. Remember when Trump first came into office, the House under Paul Ryan fought him on immigration and other issues. Now we have people ready to fight. Here's more. The former Democrat chair of the Judiciary Committee is in the press today saying we're going to fight this tooth and nail. This is political. But meanwhile, the former Democrat chair of the Intelligence Committee pressured Twitter to censor a journalist. But this subcommittee isn't all that's happened. The House voted to repeal the 87,000 IRS agents that the Democrats passed in the last session. Articles of impeachment have been filed against DHS Secretary Mayorkas. Ilhan Omar is set to be kicked off the Foreign Affairs Committee. And Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell will be getting booted from the House Intelligence Committee. In comments on Swalwell, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy said, Swalwell can't get a security clearance in the private sector, so he's not going to get one from the government. This is a tremendous start from the House GOP, and I hope there's more to come. All right, next let's talk about COVID censorship and the new revelations that a board member of Pfizer pressured Twitter to suppress dissenting views on the COVID vaccine and natural immunity. Views that were actually true, but since they went against the approved narrative, they were targeted. Here's the story. A Pfizer board member who used to head the U.S. Food and Drug Administration lobbied Twitter to take action against a post accurately pointing out that natural immunity is superior to COVID-19 vaccination, according to an email released on January 9th. Dr. Scott Gottlieb wrote on August 27, 2021, to Twitter executive Todd O'Boyle to request Twitter take action against a post from Dr. Brett Giroir, another former FDA commissioner. Gottlieb, the Pfizer board member, complained that the post by Giroir about the strength of natural immunity would go viral and drive news coverage. Well, we certainly can't have that. That would give people a different opinion than that being pushed by Pfizer, the Biden administration, and the left. Gottlieb's email triggered messages on Jira, Twitter's internal messaging system, according to journalist Alex Berenson, who was granted access to Twitter's internal files by CEO Elon Musk. Twitter still put a flag on Jirwa's post, claiming to all users who viewed it that it was misleading and directing them to a link that would show why health officials recommend a vaccine for most people. The tag prevented people from replying to, sharing, or liking the post. Friends, there is so much information coming out now on what Twitter did to suppress the truth. And they did this on behalf of corporations and the Biden team. This is wrong. This violates the Constitution and people need to go to jail. All right, next I want to give you a quick update on what's happening to America's power grid because in recent years, the attacks have been increasing. But in 2022, it went to a whole new level. Here's the story. The U.S. power grid is suffering a decade-high surge in attacks as extremist vandals and cyber criminals increasingly take aim at the nation's critical infrastructure. Physical and computerized assaults on the equipment that delivers electricity are at their highest level since at least 2012, including 101 reported this year through the end of August, according to federal records examined by Politico. The previous peak was the 97 incidents recorded for all of 2021. 101 reported just through August, where the previous high for an entire year 
was 97. Something is going on. Here's more. The number of potential attack points for the grid is set to increase as the Biden administration and Congress seek to expand the power system to accommodate renewable energy such as wind and solar. The rising demand for power for electric vehicles also increases the urgency of securing the grid from attack. On top of all of this, 103 food processing facilities have been destroyed in America since Biden became our president. Our energy is under attack, our food is under attack, and our government actively attempts to silence free speech and dissent. It sounds like something from a movie or book, but it's real. Friends, that's our show for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget, if you're new to the show or haven't subscribed yet, regardless of platform, just search on my name, hit that subscribe button, make sure notifications are turned on. That way you can follow the show and help us grow. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, today's one sheet is available to Patreon supporters using the link in the description. The one sheet gives you the links to all the videos and stories used on today's show, so you can dive even deeper into each issue. And with that, our next show will be Friday evening at the usual time. Until then, I'm Bobby Eberly. This is a 13-minute news hour.